Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the power of trust and faith in the midst of difficult times. Now you may be going through a situation where you are totally devastated and you're saying, how long? And God says, you hang on. Whether it be in a single life or a married life or a job or whatever it is, you turn that situation to God and ask for God's illumination. And when He reveals it to you, you obey God and God will blow your mind. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. When was the last time you've seen a real-life miracle? Well, Pastor Xavier says, if you'll be open to the Scriptures, you can find one in the opening chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. Let's join him as he shares about God's miracle for us as he brings us today's encouraging message, Born of a Virgin. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. The section of the virgin birth of Christ is marked by three things. Verses 18 and 19, the personal devastation. Verses 20 through 21, the personal illumination. And verses 22 through 25, the prophetic anticipation. The personal devastation first is marked by Mary's reputation. The word betroth speaks of that time period when a man and a woman would affirm the engagement period that was brought about by their parents. If they did not reject it, then they would enter into this betrothal period, which was a one-year period of time under which you were legally married, though you did not consume the marriage with sexual intercourse for that year. It was during this time that Mary was found to be pregnant. Mary's reputation was on the line. A young woman. This was personal devastation. Now remember, these two people loved each other. These two people wanted to please God. And all of a sudden, they're devastated. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, he was minded to put her away secretly. See, here we see Joseph's hesitation. First, it says he was a just man, which means upright. He was morally pure in the law. His purpose was to be in line with God's law. You can see the tension. It says that not wanting to make her a public example. He doesn't want to commit himself to her because she's pregnant. But at the same time, he loves her. And he doesn't want to expose her publicly because that would mean stoning under Deuteronomy 22, verse 23 through 24. But there's just enough question in his mind to keep him from taking her as his wife. But here we see Joseph's love prevailing. Though he was personally devastated, please don't lose sight of that. Though you may find yourself right now that you might be in a situation where you're totally devastated right now, then my counsel to you is, hang on. Because from personal devastation, you will go to personal illumination. And that's what we see in verses 20 to 21. But what is the key? The key is here in verse 20. 
But while he thought about these things, the key is that you ponder these things, and not in your own brain, but to ponder them before God. And so as he ponders these things, he's thinking about them. God mercifully allows the angel of the Lord to appear before him in a dream. The angel says, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, notice, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What a relief. No matter what anybody says now, Joseph can take Mary because God has spoken to his heart. And that which I could not do for myself, God comes alongside me and he says, I'm willing and I'm also able, but I need your will. This is the position that Joseph found himself in. But this was the ultimate when he says that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Everything became alive. Both of them knew by illumination what God was doing. So the personal illumination to Joseph about Mary. What a joy. But then in verse 21, the personal illumination to Joseph about the child. I mean, as if it wasn't enough with Mary, here comes the cream on it. <laughs> here comes the topping. I mean, God, and isn't that God like that? He always has more. Why is it that we're so, oh no, if I, if I, if I give in, you know, then it's good. You know, he wants to give more. He wants to bless. In verse 21 it says, And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. First, the child conceived in her was to be a son. According to the promise that God had made to Abraham, to David, to all the patriarchs, through the prophets, a son. All of a sudden here, Joseph not only can be in peace with the relationship with his wife, but now he is getting the illumination that he can be in a right relationship with God through a son that's going to be sent. And he will be called Jesus. The Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua. Joshua is the contraction of Jehovah Shua, which means Jehovah is salvation. Who is he going to be? He's not only going to be a son, but he's going to be Jehovah is salvation. Well, what's he going to do? He will save his people from their sins. His people, the Jews. But beyond that, his people, all of God's creatures. For all were created in the image of God. And the salvation message was promised to Israel, but they would reject and he would expand and go to the Gentiles, to all that are in the world. From their sins, the word means to miss the mark. He would save us from missing the mark. Any attempt to hit heaven apart from Jesus Christ will land you in hell. You've missed the mark. The way to heaven is Jesus Christ. 
Now all of a sudden, Joseph not only comes into a right relationship with his wife, but it's based upon his right relationship with God. Notice that he would not be right with Mary until he was aligned with God's revelation. You see, if you husbands are not right with God, you're not right with your wife. And vice versa. The wife is not right with God. She's not right with her husband. For that purpose, Peter says in 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, dwell with your wives according to understanding, to knowledge, that your prayers be not hindered, for you're both together the heirs of life. We affect one another. And so his relationship with his wife is based on his relationship with God. He aligned himself with God. Now he sees the revelation of God and that God himself is going to become the very sacrifice for the world. He will be the one who will save his people from their sins. Which implies that all men and women have missed the mark. No one is the exception. Not Mary, not Joseph. Now, the illumination is complete. He can enjoy his relationship on earth here with his bride, his companion for life. And they can both be a witness by being under a right relationship to God. And who would think that they were going to be the instruments to bring about the Son of God? Some of you may say, well, I'm insignificant. I mean, what God wants to do through my life really doesn't matter. Can you tell me that for sure? Do you think that God makes mistakes? If you know Jesus Christ this morning, you are not insignificant. And God wants to bring through your life something that you don't even have any idea about. It will honor God. It will bring fulfillment to your life. And it will cause you to know and to trust God in a greater dimension than you ever have before. It will set you in a right relationship with God. Walking in that obedience to the illumination that He gives to you as you get into the Word of God, as you walk day by day, as you get into the predicaments of everyday life and you, and you choose to react, but then you wait upon God, you ponder those things, He sheds light on them, and you walk through in obedience, and man, you go through the process and you end up with the product. And God jumps for joy. Because he knows that we receive the benefit of all his love and all his grace that way. Now the Spirit of God takes us from the personal illumination to the prophetic anticipation in verses 22 through 25. Notice first, the prophecy of God was being fulfilled in verse 22 and 23. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Notice that all of this was not done to put Joseph and Mary through hell, to make them squirm, to ruin their life. But all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. God was working in these adverse circumstances in a way that Joseph and Mary had no idea, no understanding. And they had to commit themselves to Christ or to God as a faithful creator in those times of sufferings. You and I will go through times of sufferings through this life. And we need to commit ourselves 
to him as a faithful creator, knowing that he knows what he's doing, waiting upon him to illuminate our lives, lest we react and we come short of what God really desires to do and to bring forth through our lives. The promise was spoken by God. Notice that. He says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. It was God speaking through the prophet. So often we get caught up with the instrument. We look at a pastor. We look at an evangelist. Oh man, him. It's God who's doing the work. The instrument is nothing but a vessel. How many of you ever go to the tap and get a glass of water and drink it? As you quench your thirst, you thank the glass. What quenched your thirst? The container or the content? course the water did the same thing when God spoke to the prophets they were mere vessels Peter tells us that they were carried along by the Spirit of God at times they did not even know who they were speaking to to what time they tried to read and understand it and God didn't let them understand no illumination at other times God opened their eyes and they knew exactly who they spoke to the time they spoke to and they just jumped for joy but it's God's timing all of this was done that the prophecy which had been anticipated would be fulfilled. We should be in great anticipation of all that God desires and will do in our life from day to day because all that He's going to do is much better than He's done in the past. That's the type of God we serve. It's always better. That's why people in the world always live in the past. They don't have any future. And you know what? The older you get, the more you want to hang on to the past if you have no future. So all you talk about is the good old days. You know, you've met some of these salty soldiers that that was the apex of their life in the service. And every time you get together, that's all they talk about. After that was downhill. It's sad. But not Joseph. Because here all of a sudden, the anticipation of hope. Hope of what? Hope of the coming Messiah. Remember, Malachi had closed the canon. The Lord will come to his temple. What a bridge between Malachi and Matthew, the 400 years. Here's the fulfillment. Here's a partial answer to Malachi's promise. The Lord was coming. How was he coming? Through a woman. Well, that's not how I would come if I was God. That's right. Because you and I think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. <laughs> God came through the birth as a child. The most natural way. The person to be born, he says there in verse 23, Behold a virgin, shall be with a child. He was to be conceived of the Spirit of God. 